everybody. This is Shana Halverson, the head of quality here at Alta Sciences Preclinical. And thank you for joining our podcast today. I'm here with Christina Cruzen, our chief animal welfare program officer. And we are here to talk about our animal welfare program. Our animal welfare program is something that we at Alta Sciences are very proud of, and we feel that it sets our company apart from other businesses. Christina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. So as you mentioned, I'm currently um, serving the role of both attending veterinarian and chief animal welfare officer at Alta Sciences. I joined the Alta Sciences team in 2018. Um, I did my veterinary education at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and graduated with my vet degree in 2004 and have only known the world of, of research and specifically non-human primates. So I began my career at the Wisconsin National Primate Research Center and then transitioned to the California National Primate Research Center and then, as mentioned, transitioned up here to Alta Sciences in 2018. Great. It sounds like you've had a pretty exciting career. Can you start by telling us a little bit, uh, a little more information about the history of the three R's and animal research and where this philosophy came from? Sure. So the idea of the three R's actually goes back um, all the way to the 1950s. So in 1954, uh, the Federation of Animal Welfare hired two men, William Russell, who was a zoologist and a psychologist, and Rex Birch, a microbiologist. And they tasked these two men um, with the duty of performing a systematic review of several published research programs from an ethical perspective. And the result of their work was the publication of a book called The Principles of Humane Experimental Technique that came out in 1959. And the premise of their book was essentially what we now call the three R's. Uh, it called for the replacement of sentient animals with less sentient animals, the reduction of absolute numbers of animals through appropriate studying design and using what they refer to as more homogenous populations. And when both of the above still led to the conclusion that animals were necessary, the refinement of procedures to and I quote, reduce to an absolute minimum the amount of distress imposed upon those animals that are still used. Um, what's kind of amazing is that this was an idea that was conceived almost 70 years ago, and it's truly stood the test of time. So there's really no way that Russell and Birch could have ever imagined the technological advances that have occurred and continue to occur since their publication. And in current times, when we speak of reduction and replacement, we immediately jump to computer modeling and preventing unnecessary duplication using the vast amounts of information readily available through a few keystrokes of our keyboard. Uh, but in the 1950s, we were just barely starting to see the advent of machines that sort of resembled modern computers. The internet was not a thing and information was not nearly as readily available. The concepts of genetically identical populations through gene modification or humanized mice weren't even on the radar. And yet the principles of reduction, replacement, and refinement have really managed to prevail and are just as applicable, actually probably more applicable now than they ever were before. Wow, I had no idea that this concept of the three R's started 70 years ago. I had no idea. So knowing that this is a seven-year-old concept, how do the three R's translate in our day-to-day -day work here at Alta Sciences? 
Well, as you mentioned, uh, at Alta Sciences, we do have a, a well-developed animal welfare program. And although I do, I am proud of the program, it is continually evolving. Um, it, of course, includes socialization as default housing, a variety of enrichment items, a culture of care amongst all our staff, and an ongoing recognition of the contribution that animals make towards the progression of medicine. Um, but the three R's guides every aspect of the program. The concepts of reduction and replacement begin with our very first conversation with a prospective client. From the onset, we pair clients with a trusted scientific expert who will work with that client to ensure that the use of animals is truly necessary. And when feasible, we may recommend non-animal models instead of bringing their business to us. When animals are necessary, we give careful consideration to which species is actually the best to answer their specific question. And we work very closely with the clients to utilize the best possible study design to further limit the absolute number of animals that are used on each study. We keep a comprehensive database of every single study performed so that we can limit unnecessary duplication of any previously performed work. Once a study is underway, the concepts might start to look a little different. If we've committed to performing animal-based research, we want to ensure we get as much information of, from every animal that we're working with, within reason, of course. But by maximizing the amount of information that we gain from every single animal, we can potentially reduce the need to use additional animals in the future. In our line of work, refinement is probably where we can have the most significant impact. And refinement happens at every, little of, every level of the study. Beginning with appropriate study design, maybe combining multiple procedures into a single sedation, for example, and carrying on all the way through study completion. We can utilize our veterinary staff and our trained animal handlers to modify procedures to minimize distress while handling, find innovative ways to incorporate positive re reinforcement practices into all study procedures, maybe adjust data points so that we handle animals less frequently. Um, a couple examples of this are our custom-built non-human primate procedure cages. Through the use of these cages, we've eliminated the need for manual restraint for non-human primates. And instead, we work with them in a protected contact method that enhances human safety while at the same time minimizing animal distress. We have an on-site animal behaviorist that works with our staff and with the animals to ensure that all the animals are appropriately acclimated to study procedures before they're approved for use on study. And his team can do ongoing work with animals to develop new methods or retrain animals as needed if we start to experience any challenges while we're carrying out that study. We offer novel caging strategies to further, to further decrease distress for the animals. All of our animals are socially housed unless socialization is absolutely impossible. Uh, we utilize patios that attach to the front of our non-human primate cages to increase structural variability, provide increased surface area, and simply give animals another viewpoint of their world. We can attach tunnels to cages that allow animals to move from the top of the cage to the bottom half of the cage and allow us to house larger social groups in the cages. We have European style caging where we can house even larger groups of animals together and these specialized cages have bedding, tire swings, rock climbing walls, and a variety of other structures. And by enhancing the animal's environment, we can further mitigate any brief distress that we might create through the performance of study procedures. And lastly, we encourage continuing education for all of our staff. 
science and medicine are rapidly changing fields, and we all need to dedicate time to keeping up with advances in technology that might allow us to replace animals for given procedures or maybe utilize less invasive methods to get the same results, find more effective palliative care options, or learn a new technique for animal handling. And so we challenge all of our staff to really keep up with the literature and the advances that we're making. Wow, that's a lot of moving pieces. One thing that I thought was really interesting that you talked about was the socialization of animals. I think that's really interesting that we do spend so much time socializing animals. About how many or what percentage of animals do you think we have that are socialized? Uh, that's a component of our program that I'm the most proud of. We have phenomenal success with socializing animals and our percentage of non-human primates that are socialized is consistently over 90% of our entire population. Um, it's, it's been as high as 96% in the past and, it's, and it has not dropped below 90% in a number of years. So we're really proud of that statistic. That's amazing. So I did wanna circle back to something you talked about or that I talked about in the intro. Um, you talked about that the animal welfare program in three R's is not about just the animals that we have on site, but it's also about what we don't see. Could you elaborate or clarify a little bit more about that? Yeah, so um, it does seem a little confusing at first, but I do tend to have kind of a little bit of a saying that, you know, making welfare-based decisions isn't necessarily just about the animal in front of you. It's actually about the animals you don't see. Um, and animal welfare in its true literal definition does really refer to the state of being of an individual animal. As such, our overall animal welfare program includes the management of the physical and psychological health of each individual animal in our facility at any given time. However, to bring in this concept of the three R's, it really becomes more about the animals you don't see, the animals that never enter our door, the animals that never need to be utilized on a study. Replacement is all about eliminating the need for animals. Reduction is all about minimizing the number of animals that we do actually need to utilize. So really, two of those three R's come down to keeping animals out of research facilities. So in reality, implementing a three R's program is at least two thirds about animals that we won't ever see. That's really interesting that you say that. So if two thirds of the program, three R's, is, doesn't have anything to do with the animals that we actually have here, why are we so passionate about the three R's? Well, that's an easy one. It's just the right thing to do. Um, those of us that do this type of work do it because we love animals. Uh, we love animals, but we recognize the need to learn from them and the need to enhance medicine through their utilization. But adherence to the three R's is, is the easiest part of our job. It's better for us as humans. It's obviously better for the animals. And the best part is it's, it's better for the science too. So multiple studies have shown that physically and psychologically healthy animals create research results that are more directly applicable to the human population. Better welfare simply equals better science and adherence to the three R's is part of a better welfare program. So like I said, it's an easy one. It's just the right thing to do. I do, I do agree with that. So what are some of the innovations that we have at Alta Sciences that we put in place to enhance our compliance with the three R's? So 
in the past year, we have really placed a focus on the development of our animal welfare program. And I covered a few of those concepts earlier when I kind of highlighted the different components of the three R's within our program. Um, a few of our recent advancements include um, further refinements of our procedure cages. We're constantly modifying those to fit, you know, changing demographic of our non-human primate population and just better ideas of, of how they might work um, even better than they already do. We've also increased the role of our animal behaviorist to help guide specific study-related training procedures and really increased his role in assessing animals to be study-ready. We've established a much more robust technical review process using a committee that includes operations staff, veterinary staff, and members of our business development team that's assigned to work with clients from the earliest stages of study conception. And we've formed a management group with an emphasis on reviewing our current animal welfare program and driving our future innovations within the program. We've actually added questions to our animal care and use protocols that re-emphasize reduction and require some additional justification for animal numbers and animal number changes. And we've placed uh, higher requirements on the need to provide literature searches for alternatives to animal use. Last year, we actually became members and sponsors of the North American 3Rs collaboration. So we're very excited to see where that new collaboration takes us in the coming years. So what's the future for Alta Sciences and our 3Rs program? Well, in truth, the year is young. So I'm not sure where we're gonna end up this year, but um, as I mentioned, we do hope to maintain our collaboration with the North American 3Rs. We're hopeful to potentially get a representative on their executive board sometime this year. Um, and we're working with the organization in the development of a certification program for scientists to offer more formalized continuing education opportunities in this avenue and allow for enhanced professional growth in the field. On the animal side, we're currently training our staff to utilize a second type of protective contact human or non-human primate restraint device. Um, and this is just to allow us a secondary option so we can choose what, which device may work best for a given procedure or maybe for a given animal's personality. We've put into place a few different employee education portals on our website. Uh, one where we discuss more scientific topics, study justification, why we're carrying out the work we're carrying, how we do certain procedures, things like that, and another portal dedicated solely to animal welfare topics. And these sites will host a library of video presentations that are available on demand to our staff. And our hope with those is to, again, provide continuing education to our staff, but also simply to raise awareness of what the three R's mean and what we can all do to support the initiative. Our operations staff, the people working every day directly hands-on with these animals, they know what works and what doesn't. And they often have really good ideas on, on things that we can do. So in terms of this refinement piece, they're really our experts and, and the, the best assets we have in enhancing the program and getting them engaged can only strengthen the program. So as I mentioned earlier, um, animal welfare and the three R's definitely go hand in hand, but neither program can be successful if it's solely management driven. Wow, well, thank you, Christina. It sounds like Alta Science is really committed to the 3R program and their animal welfare program, all the way from the, the bottom to the top throughout the organization. Um, well, thank you very much for chatting with me today about the 3Rs program. Um, and thank you everyone for listening. If you haven't already, please check out other podcasts, webinars, and videos at altasciences.com. 
And if you have any questions, please reach out to the contact information you see on your screen. Thank you, everybody.